Hello, my fine friends. Thank you for joining me for the first ever Life in the Whirlwind podcast. I'm Heather Drew, and I am the owner of the website, lifeinthewhirlwind.com. And I have decided, with some support of friends and um, those who speak into my life, to start this long-awaited podcast which I want to tell you a little bit about it first before we go anywhere else. The first thing I want to tell you is that uh, Life in the Whirlwind is a blog that I started probably six years ago or so, and it's, it's kind of evolved since the beginning. But what's interesting about it is that uh, it's almost as though I have learned what it means in the process of writing in the blog and developing uh, the ideas that first birthed this blog to begin with. It's almost like, you know, you decide to give birth to something and it gives birth to you instead. So that's a little bit of what's happened with this uh, blog and now website in general. And I think it's a, it's a pretty cool thing that we've got going on. Um, I have a lot of people who support and are involved with what Life in the Whirlwind actually is. And right now it's sort of this project of how do uh, we as human beings find life beyond what we call life, everyday life, um, in the midst of what we call everyday life. So that's what this project is about. And this podcast is hopefully just a really uh, overflowing audio version of that project. (laughs) And that's what I hope it will be. So here's what you can expect from this podcast for the next however many episodes we do. Who knows how long this will last. Um, but this is the first one. Congratulations. You're, thank you for joining this historical moment in my life and uh, perhaps something important for a lot of people, I hope. But here's what you can expect. Uh, what this will look like is it will be reflections. It will be maybe some audio blogging. Um, maybe it will be me recording some of the talks that I give or training type, uh, short reflection type things that I do, uh, in various settings. But I also really want this to be a place where there's a lot of conversation. I'm really not interested in monologue. And I really want this to be a space where, uh, you listeners and those who you want to be listeners, etc to be involved in what this is and how it's important to you. So keep that word in mind, conversations. Let's make it a conversation. So one of the ways you can make this a conversation first and foremost is to comment on our website uh, under the podcast section of the website, lifeinthewhirlwind.com. There's a podcast section. You can go and see old archived and um, older episodes eventually. This is the first one, so there are no older episodes yet. But you can go there and comment on episodes. And please do, because I really would love to have a conversation, not a monologue. 
the joy, I hope for you, it is for me, is that I will have these visitors also coming in for these podcasts. I will, um, I have a little travel microphone that I can take on the road with me when I travel to various places and uh, meet with lots of incredible people who have really important things to share with you, the listeners. And uh, I hope that that will be a, a majority of what this podcast is, is these conversations between me and some others who are also on a pursuit of finding life in the midst of life. So that's what this is, I hope. <clears throat> Hopefully you uh, can be part of that somehow. So, okay, here's another thing that I wanted to tell you right off the bat is these are going to be raw. I don't have any interest in spending time editing these podcasts. So I believe uh, it will be most valuable to both me and you if these are one take podcasts. And that means life is going to happen. So this is almost like a meta cast, <laughs> as it were, that I will be practicing what I'm preaching, hopefully, in the non-doctrining, non-doctoring, sorry, or non-doctrining also, maybe, I hope. But I don't want to doctor these episodes. I don't want to cultivate them into something clean. Um, they should be life. They should be like life. And they might get a little messy. Um, actually, I don't know if this is something you can hear, but I just ate a couple scrambled eggs and my stomach is processing that new introduction right now. So you might hear a little bit of that action in the background, some stomach noises, some digestion noises. That's okay. This is life, right? Okay. Getting to know each other. Here we go. So that's, that's a little bit about this. Now let's talk about what we're here to talk about. This is the first podcast which I've entitled Finding Life in the Whirlwind. One of the things that I think is important as we've, as I've developed this blog and as I've talked with a lot of people about this website and this project, this concept of making space has really come to the surface. What does that mean? What do, you, what do we think of when we think of making space? Do we think of hiding do we think of decluttering? You know, when we make space for relatives or guests in our house, we, we declutter, we clean, we change a couple things around. Does making space for you mean closing loops with people? Like, are you the kind of person who, when you're in a text message stream or something, you kind of, you're always the last person to say thanks or see you later or something like that. Maybe that's, that gives you peace. Maybe making space means you have a busy mind. So you make lists of things that you need to get done so that you can put it out of your head. Maybe it's um, scheduling restorative activities, or maybe it's even looking at your schedule and like cramming or wedging something in that feels a little bit more like it makes space. I don't know. One word I've heard people use with this concept of making space is buffer, like a life padding, or maybe some people could interpret that as like a bubble of peace or something, you know. But, you know, it does raise this other question, this making space. It raises this other question of 
if we're making space, what are we making space for? And then maybe even a third question is, are we really making space or is the space already there? So I don't know where you're at in thinking about this, but let's dive in a little bit. So like I said, excuse me, like I said a few minutes ago, um, starting this blog for me was sort of an unexpected way of diving into making space. And the reason that I created this title, Life in the Whirlwind, is because for me, whirlwind is this picture of motion and movement and kinetic energy and busyness and, and swirling and twisting. This is what comes to mind when I, when I hear the word whirlwind. And then when I think of the word life, I think of, and this is me, but I hope that we can talk about this going forward. Life is this, these like, you know, golden sparks, these, um, this, up energy type of thing or this outwardly generative energy of um, sort of explosive thing. But not just that, it's also this deep, grounded presence in a moment or in an activity or in a something. I had actually I had a friend say to me the other day, use the word presence as a verb. So she said, you know, you're I love watching you presencing. So maybe that's what life is. I don't know. In this definition of things. But reality speaks to us. We cannot avoid the reality that our society is very focused on this concept of do to be. Um, our, Our actions are so tied up with who we are and, um, less so an outpouring, but more almost like creating value through our activities. What if we were more of a society of be to do or even be to be? I don't know. These are pretty deep concepts. But think about this maybe as some uh, contrasting uh, possibilities. So there's maybe a difference between taking and receiving. Maybe there's a difference between frenzy and paying attention. Maybe there's a difference between chasing and pondering. Or how many of us sort of find ourselves when we're really being honest, find ourselves manipulating situations or thoughts or emotions or other people versus allowing what is. So there's all these different ways our society sort of does to be. And maybe the question is more, how do we be to be? Or how do we notice that we are being not doing. 
An image I'd love for you to picture for a second is a goldfish. Yeah, you see the goldfish? Yeah, he's, who knows, what I don't know what color he is. Maybe he's orange, maybe he's white, maybe he has some black spots in, I don't know, in your mind, your mind goldfish. <clears throat> but what's interesting about a goldfish, I actually learned this through a friend who had a pond in their backyard. But um, a goldfish grows to the space that it's in. So if you have a goldfish in a small bowl in your house, it stays small. It pretty much stays about the size it is when you get the goldfish. If you put a goldfish in a larger space, the goldfish grows to fill that space or be proportional to that space. So I now... I want to think about that in terms of Advent, right? So I don't know when you're going to be listening to this. Some of you will be listening to this right when it comes out. Some of you may be going back in time to listen to this. But right now for me, in real time, it's Advent season, right? It's right now I'm recording this in December of 2016. And actually, I just saw a snowflake out the window. How apropos. Um, but it's Advent. And, and to me, Advent feels, what is Advent? It's this space of, um, it's this season, we call it, of, of anticipation. That's the word that's commonly used um, in those, in communities that celebrate Advent season. Uh, this is part of the church calendar. And whether or not you're part of a church, I don't know, but you know, you all know what Advent is, and it's this sense of anticipation, it's this sense of jubilee, of of becoming. There's a celebration of becoming to some degree. But what's interesting about Advent to me, I love Advent, by the way. I love it. You probably if you know me, you know this about me. I love it. Um, part of that's my personality, part of it is what it grows in me, but but Advent is, feels like that large pond. It feels like this larger space and this tiny little fish is in it. And I'm this tiny little fish and you're this tiny little fish. And we're in this giant pond. What will we do? Maybe we'll grow. Maybe we will grow to proportionally fill some more of the space. We're not in these little bowls anymore. So Advent being the season that we're in, I kind of just want to think about that for a minute here. Last week was the third week of Advent in the church calendar, which is a very interesting week because it celebrates this, you know, the mother of Jesus, Mary. And uh, whether you're Catholic or Protestant or whatever, spiritual, non, whatever you call yourself, however you identify. Mary is a person who sort of is this pioneer of making space. She's the first goldfish in this giant pond of considering Jesus in particular and coming of something important in history, really crucial to our, to our existence and her existence. So Mary though she's in this pond, she's in a pretty crowded pond. <laughs> she's in the middle of this place in history where there's a lot happening. And um, I don't know if you can imagine this or if you are prone to imagine this kind of situation, but 
we can't forget the fact that um, Mary gave birth in a pretty unideal place. She was she gave birth in this barn that was crowded with animals that probably smelled, probably were not very sanitary. Um, we got to be real. I don't know if you've been in a barn, but it's 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 messy people. It's messy stuff. And you got to watch where you step kind of thing. And you definitely have to watch where you lay down your baby. That's for sure. So it, it's not ideal. It's not a hospital. It's not this sterile environment. She was in this crowded pond and she's giving birth. I don't know what that was like for her. But here's the thing. Mary allowed herself to be besieged by, captured by this terrifying revolutionary giant becoming that happened to be inside of her but also she gave birth to this person that was this terrifying revolutionary becoming all of that fits in the same space for her and she's in this giant pond and perhaps she is the pioneer she is a at least a pioneer of what this looks like to make space for something that's so big this life in the midst of life this spark in the midst of this whirlwind i think mary bears this role in history of allowing both with worry and with waiting but allowing the coming of something someone that turns everything in this world upside down it turned her world upside down it turns our world upside down arguably speaking. Um, again, I don't know where you, listener, whoever you are, I don't know where you stand with this, but this, arguably, this turns our world upside down. The proud are these people who are higher up in the world. They are brought low by Jesus. And these these lower people who that are invisible in society, they're lifted up and they're seen with Jesus is coming. So this brings the, this is a becoming that had never been seen before. Imagine for a moment, I'm going to give you another, you know, word picture here. I'm all about this visualization because I think that's how our brains work best is when we imagine things. Imagine for a moment that you are in a pitch black room I don't know if you've ever been in a pitch black room. It's very strange because we spend most of our time not in pitch black. In fact, a very small percentage of our lives are spent in pitch black, hopefully. Uh, you probably aren't listening to this if you spend a lot of your life in pitch black. But imagine this pitch black room. There's not a speck of light. It's one of those things where like, you hold your hand in front of your face and you cannot even see it. It's that dark. It's a room filled with darkness. So maybe think about what that's like. Do you widen your eyes? Just sort of in some hope or attempt to see something. Or, you know, maybe you're feeling around. Or maybe you're really still in this black, totally pitch black room. My youngest daughter would panic in that situation, most likely. But, you know, it's just, there's a sense of searching, but also maybe some urgency and some strangeness to it. 
but it really, it captivates you. It, it besieges you. It, it grabs you. It gets your attention. Now, imagine now that I'm in that pitch black room with you and somehow I manage to light a match and I take that lit match and I hold it up to light a small candle, like a little tea light. What's besieging you now? What is capturing you now? Of course, it's this light, you know, even the lighting of the match would just be so, it would be this electricity in your, in your senses, right? And the, you go from this pitch black to this lighting of this tiny candle. But what is it about, how is it possible that this tiny, tiny fire, it's so small compared to the giant blackness that you were just in a minute ago and that you were kind of overcome by, how can it change so much? <clears throat> so, so, yeah. I guess here's another question, though, is what actually has changed in this room? Before, in the pitch black, the furniture was all in the same place. Who was in the room was who was in the room. You might not have even known that I was in the room with you. Who knows? But I was. I was there. (laughs) What's changed in the room? The only two things, really that have changed in this room is one, that this tiny fire has been lit. It's, I mean, really, it's like a centimeter, a square centimeter, right? This tiny fire has been lit. And the other thing, the second thing that's changed is that your attention and your awareness somehow has been completely captured by this different thing. So what gets your attention? in life. Right now, in this season that we're all in, if you're listening to this, if this is Advent for you, what gets your attention? Or perhaps it's the season of life that you're in. What gets your attention? I want to read to you uh, my one of my very favorite poets. I will probably talk about him quite a bit. His name is David White. He's he's uh, extremely able to capture some very powerful realities in this world that we live in in very unique ways. But I want to read to you from his book called Consolations. And this this he what he does is he takes everyday words and he writes in depth about them. This word that he's writing about is besieged. This is a word I've used in the last few minutes. Besieged is how most people feel most of the time. By events, by people, by all the necessities of providing, parenting, and participating, and even by the creative possibilities they have set in motion themselves, and most especially a success they have achieved through long years of endeavor. To feel crowded, set upon, blocked by circumstances, in defeat or victory, is not only the daily experience of most human beings in most contemporary societies. It has been an abiding dynamic of individual life since the dawn of human consciousness. In a human life, there is no escape from commitment. 
retreat to a desert island, and the lonely islander will draw up a Robinson Crusoe list to make the place habitable or begin building a raft to escape. Tell everyone to go away, and they hang around wanting to know why. Earn a great deal of money to gain individual freedom, and a whole world moves in for a share of the harvest. As creatures, we define ourselves through belonging or not belonging. We cannot help but make commitments to people, places, and things, which then come looking for us. Conscious or unconscious, we are surrounded not only by the vicissitudes of, difficult, of a difficult world, but even more by those of our own making. If the world will not go away, then the great discipline seems to be the ability to make an identity that can live in the midst of everything without feeling beset. Being besieged asks us to begin the day, not with a to-do list, but a not-to-do list. A moment outside of the time-bound world in which it can be reordered and reprioritized. In this space of undoing and silence, we create a foundation from which to reimagine our day and ourselves. Beginning the daily conversation from a point of view of freedom and being untethered allows us to re-see ourselves, to re-enter the world as if for the first time. We give ourselves and our accomplishments, our ambitions, and our over-described hopes away in order to see in what form they return to us. That's just a part of that chapter, that particular word that he writes about. But that's what life in the whirlwind is, right? It's not about doing, it's not about what needs to be done. It's not about our internal or external expectations or urges, or what we are compelled to do, the urgency of all of our commitments. But it's this do nothing list. It's this release. And when I say do nothing, I don't mean, you know, when I say the not to do list, I don't mean there's another list of urgent things that you shouldn't do. It's not a matter of shoulds and shouldn'ts informing us. It's a matter of releasing those things and in doing so, setting up this identity for yourself that restores or even maybe births in the middle of all of these commitments. You don't have to disappear from the world. You don't have to go find a desert island, even though that sounds probably pretty appealing to most of us. Um, I'm an introvert. I know a lot of good friends are, are introverts. That's not a bad thought to disappear, right? It's, a, it's kind of a nice thought. But the reality is that when we have this identity that actually can stay where we are, when we have a groundedness and a life inside of the life, the whirlwind will be the life itself. So my invitation to you, every episode I want to end with an invitation. 
to you, my dear, valuable, unique, lovely listeners. Here's my invitation to you today. I invite you to make space this week, or maybe even just today, for something other than your task lists or even your existential to-do lists that linger in the back of your head or your heart or your spirit. I invite you to make space for things other than your fears or your worries or the future of any kind. I invite you to be besieged by the present moment and to find uh, a way to open your eyes in a different way, to have a different way of seeing this moment, this life, the whirlwind. And maybe that's looking at your friends and pausing. Maybe it's stopping to look at something a little bit differently. Maybe it's not automatically living your life, being in your routines, being in your habits, but pausing. I mean, imagine if you had a pause button on you that could pause your mind, your way, your current eyes, your way of seeing, then hit that button. I invite you to hit that button and see what happens. Just trying it on. What happens? I, if you look at the cover art of this podcast, this is a picture. Um, I don't know what you see. I would love to hear what you see when you look at this picture. But this is an image of something that I do every day. I, I light a candle and it's inside of this um, brass flowering candle holder. And I took a picture of it because it, to me, is my life in the whirlwind to some degree. It's how I remember one of the ways, the habits that I have that I, where I remember this square centimeter in a pitch black room. And it grabs my attention and it keeps me in the moment I'm in and it helps me see things in different ways than I'm used to seeing them. So maybe it's that, maybe it's lighting a candle, maybe it's doing something. Usually somehow it involves getting back into the body, remembering that our senses are here to see in a different way than our minds. So I invite you to do that. And I invite you to look at others and contemplate, even if briefly, the beauty and the mystery and the value that each person that passes you by, a stranger on the street, has. And uh, that you will find a wonder there in that practice, those practices, those pause moments that reminds you that there is life in this whirlwind. My blessing to you today is this. May wonder, enjoyment, pause, and even fragility of life meet you in these moments. And may light besiege you in the darkness. Thank you for joining me, my friends. See you next week.